Hello, actor friend. Welcome back. This is Tawana Floyd. Thanks for listening to Acting Lessons Learned. I want to wish everyone a Merry Christmas, a Happy Kwanzaa, Happy Hanukkah, a Happy New Year. I wish you tremendous joy and prosperity for anything you may be celebrating right now. This is 2022's last episode, and I'm going to talk about the commercial comeback. The commercial comeback is when a commercial returns to the airways after being inactive for an extended period of time, providing multiple opportunities for an actor to be seen on TV again and earn an unexpected income that also funds the actor's pension and health. In this episode, I'll share two instances where I experienced unexpected commercial comebacks. One example is a currently airing spot that returned for this 2022 holiday season. The second was a commercial contract that ended and then almost a year later was resurrected for another 21-month contract. If you want a full rounded story on how I booked my first national commercial, listen to episode 102, Agent Termination, Time to Go. To learn about the genesis of my commercial career, check out episode 114, Commercial Starter Kit. And to hear about the first time I earned commercial residuals and what happened when the money abruptly stopped, go to episode 115, Inside the Commercials Residual. The national commercial that I'm currently in has me looking fashionably festive while I shop. I knew it would be a seasonal holiday spot because the audition notice stated so. Christmas spots start airing in early November and usually go through January or mid to end of February. It's like a freight train barreling through a tunnel fast and furious for three months. And the spot that I'm in is what I would call across the board. It's Class A, Cable, Wildspot, New Media, and Internet. It ticks all of the primary usage boxes that will give me a lovely Christmas bonus. I auditioned and shot this fashion commercial in October last year of 2021. It had a fast turnaround, blazing the airways from November, and then it stopped airing in February of 2022. So I presumed once the holiday ended, I'd never see it again, like most commercials I book at the end of their phase. And then around April of 2022, I received a holding fee. Would they be bringing the spot back for Christmas holiday 2022? Oh, I hoped so. But there was no way of knowing because the actor nor the agent are privy to the details of the frequency of the run. So I had to wait and see. Instead of getting my hopes up or trying to factor possible new income into my budget... I tend to release the idea of any commercial coming back for my peace of mind. By the time November 2022 around the suspected time of this commercial comeback, I had completely forgotten about it because I was too preoccupied tying the loose details for my pending Mexican Riviera vacation. I forgot all about it. And then my mother called me and she said, girl, your commercial is running again. She told me the network and then the day and time it aired so I could track it. Like me, my mother loves television and she sees me most times before I even know the commercial is airing, which is always very exciting for both of us. Most union actors ask friends and family members to inform us of our commercial airings. We do this because it helps to keep a personal log of usage should the commercials tracking company have errors. Erroneous tracking could result in incorrect residual payouts to the disadvantage of the actor. The information allows us to compare the report from our mother's and our friend's info against our check stubs for inaccuracies. 
And there have been times when I've had to contact the payroll company with clerical errors and then file a claim with SAG-AFTRA to get paid. No one wants to be tied up in red tape, but it happens and we do what's needed to recoup our dollars. For a commercial comeback such as this one, I am still under the standard SAG-AFTRA 21-month contract from 2021. Therefore, there are no renegotiations to be made. I'm still obligated to the current bargaining scale agreed upon from inception. Now, if this is new to you, every 21 weeks, according to SAG-AFTRA's maximum period of use, the MPU, I receive a holding fee equivalent to the session fee. The session fee could be $700, it could be $1,400, it could be $2,100, depending on how many conflicts one holds for one spot. SAG-AFTRA actors receive a holding fee every 21 days because our contract prohibits us from auditioning or booking another commercial with the same conflict for a different brand, fundamentally the competitor under a 21-month contract. The conflict is what the company, the brand, has hired me, the actor, to represent. And we know all of this before even being submitted. It's the agent and the actor's responsibility to keep track of conflicts. My agents, past and present, have been really good at keeping track. And every so often, possibly during Mercury Retrograde, I'll receive a conflict audition and I can just call or email my agent and ask, should I decline this one? It seems to be a conflict. And they'll say, oops, sorry, we'll cancel your audition. Thanks for catching that. So for instance, if I were under contract with Toyota for an automobile conflict, I wouldn't then audition or work for Mercedes-Benz under an automobile conflict. But if I were under contract with Chase for a personal banking conflict, I could work for Citibank under an investment banking conflict. There is no conflict. While they are both banks, they have hired me to represent different areas of banking. Now, if Chase hired me for personal and investment banking, they would pay me double scale, double holding fees, double residuals. Oh, how I love that. And that's why the holding fee can be either $700, $1,400, $2,100, depending on how many conflicts I hold for one spot. If the same company wants to hire me again for the same conflict, it would be granted under a new contract with the same conflict, similar to like Flo in the Progressive commercials, although her agreement is an exclusive one. And then once the contract has ended, the actor is free to return to auditioning or working for the competitor of the same conflict under a new contract. As we've notoriously witnessed in what I believe to be the most brilliant advertising coup of all time, when Sprint hired Verizon's Can You Hear Me Now spokesperson Paul Macarelli. Too bad for Verizon, but excellent for Paul. And get this, there are some actors who take the risk and work for the competition while they hold a conflict or under contract. And there was a well-known case of an actor who was being sued for the total cost of a commercial production, which is millions of dollars, when he was caught working for a competitor while holding a conflict. I was unsuccessful in my search of trying to find it. I believe it was in ad week around 2011 or so. If you can find it, please share it with me. With that said, I can't go and book a Target commercial if I'm under a TJ Maxx contract for two years. Even if I booked a Target commercial, say, four years ago, if Target decided to have a commercial comeback, Target would have to inquire about my availability and the other actors involved, meaning no conflicts, and then they'd have to renegotiate a contract deal. And this is when you want to have an agent who is well-versed in the art of negotiating.
A renegotiation benefits the actor because of leverage. Sticking with the Target example, Target may not want to spend another several million dollars to shoot an entirely new commercial when it might be more cost-efficient to run the last spot for millions of dollars less, especially if they had a year of profit losses like, say, I don't know, a quarantine. Several of my actor peers were fortunate to experience a commercial comeback or extension during the height of quarantine. And sometimes that's the miracle of commercials. You just never know if they'll come back. And when they do, it's always wonderful and at the perfect timing, as is with my currently airing holiday spot. I booked two commercials this year and neither of them have aired yet. So this commercial comeback not only bolsters my year-end numbers, but it also helps to fund my eligibility for sag after health insurance for next year, as well as my pension plan. For contract renegotiation, the agent, exceptional at negotiations, understands this and will go back and forth until the deal is solidified, hopefully with the money scales tipped in the actor's favor. And the deal is considered solidified once all parties agree and the new contract is signed. So don't get excited when you hear the word, okay, it's a go, not until the contract is signed. And this is another area where I release outcomes and wait to celebrate once it's all done, because it can be nerve wracking to wait for these negotiations to complete. And I've been fortunate to partner with powerful commercial agents who enjoy negotiating and do it well and keep me informed from start to finish. Moving on to the second scenario, I won't divulge the brand's name, so let's just call it Good Biscuits. I booked the Good Biscuits commercial in 2009. There were four actors, a gentleman who played my husband, a young lady who played my daughter, myself, and the voice actor. The Good Biscuits commercial hardly aired. It had an inconsistent run for one quarter, 121-week MPU, and then it stopped airing for the remainder of the 21-month contract. They didn't cancel it, they kept paying me a holding fee, and they held on to me for almost two years. But the conflict took away any opportunity to audition for breakfast foods. That was the conflict, not biscuits, but breakfast foods. The probability that I would have booked another breakfast commercial if I weren't under a prior contract is a gamble because in Hollywood, anything is possible. And that's why the holding fee is in place to give the actor a small earning to tide us over until the contract has expired or until the commercial begins to air. I made a total of little over $9,000 by the end of the 21-month period for Good Biscuits. Before the contract ended, the common practice was to renegotiate a new contract if it were up for renewal. According to SAG-AFTRA, a renegotiation letter must have been sent 60 to 120 days, two to four months prior to the end of the maximum period use, the MPU contract. Under the previous contract, the one we're just about to move away from, the agent was responsible for contacting the producer to start the renegotiations. And here's something I only learned recently. According to SAG-AFTRA rules, if the agent didn't do their due diligence and missed the negotiation window, causing the actor to be locked into the same scale contract, the agent could not take a commission off of future residuals. If they didn't send the renegotiation letter, they could not take a commission. I just read that the other day, and I'm sure most actors didn't know this either. I know a few actors whose agents dropped the ball and missed the deadline and the opportunity to renegotiate a better rate. Now, I don't know if my peers were able to withhold the commissions, if they knew to do that, or if they just chose to forego it. What I do know is from their misfortune, 
I learned to keep track of my own renewal dates and remind my agents just in case to cover my bases. Under the recently ratified SAG-AFTRA commercial contract, the onus to renew and renegotiate a commercial contract now falls on the producer. This seems much more fitting since that is the person who knows whether or not they're considering rerunning the spot again. In my case, the Good Biscuits contract was not renewed at the end of its term. And we, my agent and I, we continued on with business as usual. And then several months later, I received a call from my then commercial agent. I remember exactly where I was when the call came in. I was driving south on Fairfax Boulevard at the cross street of Olympic. My agent called and she asked if I had a moment to talk, that she had to run something very important by me. I didn't know what she was about to say, but I could hear her tone was much less relaxed. There was an urgency. So I pulled over so that I could focus on this conversation. She said, okay, I just got off the phone with the producer of Good Biscuits. They want to renew the contract for commercial comeback. Now, (laughs) agents perform standard business practices every day, all day. They make these calls to their actors quite often and can sometimes forget their actors may either be green or have yet to have this specific experience. So I asked, okay, so what does this mean? She laughed and then she explained why commercials sometimes come back because, like I said earlier, it's cheaper for them to do so than to pay millions of dollars for a whole new production and further explained that it could be a nice win for the actor if the negotiating partners strike the right balance. Finally, she asked me how I wanted to go into the negotiations. Did I want her to play safe or play hardball? I was determining what hardball meant, but I could only deduce she meant that she'd negotiate the highest dollar amount with no slack for a lowball number. This was very exciting to me because it would be my first time having this conversation and experience an actual Hollywood negotiation moment. But since the commercial didn't complete an entire run and had already been inactive for two years, worst case scenario, if they didn't agree to the terms of my agent and keep in mind the agents of the other three actors, they wouldn't be able to air the spot. I felt I had nothing to lose, so I told my agent to play hardball. And she said, okay, I'd just like to get my actor's permission before I do business on their behalf, which I appreciate. She went on to say it could take up to two days or it could take a couple of weeks. Either way, her next call to me would be a final answer. We hung up and I proceeded back on the road to my destination. Two days later, my agent called me. This was the call. She let me know that they had agreed to the following terms. $18,000 up front to reinstate the commercial, a $9,000 holding fee for every MPU for the next 21 months of the contract. I was given favored nations. Favored nations is an industry term that means you get equal contractual treatment to others on the project, billing, accommodations, and any other contractual provision This is not required by SAG-AFTRA, so it must be separately negotiated between the performer and the producer, or in my case, the agent and the producer. If the commercial ran often, I would be paid in excess of the $9,000 holding fee, meaning any earnings that surpassed $9,000 in a 21-week MPU is what I'd be paid. The Good Biscuits commercial didn't run much. As a matter of fact, they didn't even do the full 21-month contract. They released it, I think, after a year or so. But you can probably imagine how grateful I was for that $9,000 holding fee every three months. My then-agent told me her negotiation argument was based on 
Good Biscuits holding me to a 21-month contract for a spot that hardly ran. And because I didn't earn any money on the first run, they had to make up for it on the second run. Now, of course, her language was much more articulate than what I'm saying here, but you get the gist. Side note, when the brand's producer knows they won't run the commercial for the entire 21 months, they'll release the spot, which usually comes in the form of a letter. But nowadays, they just stop paying the holding fee and the actor has to guess if it's going to still air or not. No formal letter, just stops paying the holding fee, which I find very rude. My current agency will self-release their actors if the holding fee doesn't arrive by the expected date, and I so love them for that. And if you're wondering, all the dates and the usage amounts are listed on the check stub. I sometimes call the payroll company myself if a commercial hasn't aired or when I'm expecting a holding fee. And keep this in mind, if you ever want to know if your commercial is going to air, you can call the payroll company and they'll let you know whether or not it's been released. It's just nice to know. It's disappointing to find out that it's been released, but it's still nice to know, especially for a spot that you've worked on that has yet to begin airing seven or eight months later. Also, you should know sometimes they will kill the release of the commercial altogether without informing the actor. Yeah, that sucks too. Meanwhile, here we are waiting with bated breath to hear that the commercial we booked is running. And this is why we can only rely on the session fee. I have heard triumphant commercial comeback stories and nightmarish ones. My first commercial comeback was a win for me and my agent, my then agent, and it boosted my worthiness both personally and career-wise going forward. I'm curious to know whether the voiceover actor or the actors who played my husband and daughter on The Good Biscuits were as fortunate as I was. Hopefully their agents negotiated favorite nations as well. It's just so unfortunate, but not all agents negotiate well or even at all. Something to consider when you're looking for your next agent. Have you ever experienced a commercial comeback? If so, won't you share your experience in the comments? I would love to hear about it. I hope it was a win. If you're a commercial actor, one day you will have a commercial comeback. And I hope that the odds will forever be in your favor, especially when it's one that's being renegotiated. Thank you for listening. If you found this episode insightful or valuable in any way and you want to support me in my efforts, here are three ways to do so. The first is to give Acting Lessons Learned a four or five star rating. This helps to make Acting Lessons Learned more discoverable on podcast platforms, allowing other actors to hear or to see or to see and to hear. <laughs> and it's simple. On Apple, just go to the show page for Acting Lessons Learned, scroll down to reviews and ratings. And if you'd like to leave a review, I'm open to that too unless it's a nasty one email me and then i can see what i need to fix um, on spotify go to the show page tap the three dots under the show's image and tap right the second way to support acting lessons learned is to share your favorite episode with your fellow actor friends and tell them what you enjoyed about it Finally, the third way to support is to buy me a tea. There is a link below in the description where it says, buy me a coffee. If you want to know more about me, check out my bio on my website, tawanafloyd.com. And also you can follow me on Instagram and TikTok at Acting Lessons Learned or Life by Tawana. All of the links are in the description. Have a wonderful new year. Be gentle with yourself. I hope that you can look at the totality of your year and choose, just pick one 
victory you had, no matter how big or small it is, choose that and hold on to it for the next year. Don't beat yourself up for things that didn't get done. We're still in a pandemic, but we're not in quarantine. Either way, the world is still zany, so be gentle with yourself. If you want to be a commercial actor, just know it is not far-fetched. It is attainable. Until next time, bye. Bye.